You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue. The same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. 28-4, Max Shard on the outside, throws it down to LL Cool J and he drives to a narrow lead. Black Sedan's third, turn it up is starting to pick up. Max Shard into the home straight, leading from LL Cool J. Turn it up gets to third, then Black Sedan's. Max Shard in front, turn it up charging. Max Shard, turn it up. Max Shard takes it. Max Shard beat, turn it up. LL Cool J, Black Sedan's fourth. That was it's last year's flashing red at Albion Park. Who's going to win it in 2023? A terrific race on Saturday night and then following, as we said yesterday, we've got Leap to Fame running second up uh, over the distance of 2,138 metres. Good morning, Chris Barsby. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, that was a good contest last year. Max Shard taking that established a track record as well. So this race on Saturday night just loaded with chances there. Capacity size field, field of 14 to do battle. It's very, very open. You're about to speak to the trainer of Speak the Truth. What price the place now is the he's question. He's forty now. He's $1.40 for the place. So he's firmed uh. up five cents. But in saying that, Leap the Fame's trimmed up as well. He's gone from $1.12 to $1.10. Let's speak the truth. Can't, well, it's a race. <laughs> it's a race. Let's speak to the trainer. Get it straight from Shannon. <laughs> Shannon, good morning. How are you going, Chris? Very well. Christmas has come early because no one was probably expecting this clash on Saturday night. The two best four-year-olds in the state, and they're head-to-head. We were probably hoping that they would come together in a race like the Patron's Purse. But here we are on Saturday night, and uh, it, it's going um, to be really exciting. Yeah, yeah, just a pity about the very draw. <laughs> Can't change that, but... So, did you expect... Leap the Fame to be in this race uh, earlier in the week when you sort of put your nom in? Um, well, yes and no. Um, I saw, you know, like he qualified from the stand, so I guess it was 50-50 whether he was going in the mobile or the stand. So that was, you know, obviously Grant's choice, and I, I didn't know that. So we just, you know, we have to face him sometime. So we thought we might as well be this week because I did nominate him for an up to 90 on last Tuesday, and that didn't stand up. So, yeah. You sort of struggle to get those type of races, so we thought we'd better go into town with him. Well, it sounds like he's had everyone guessing, Grant Dixon. Following that stand start trial, was he going to be in the uh, flashing red? No, he's not. So does that mean he might be looking at the Reckless Cup? Time will tell, but here they are. Your guys, two runs back, and both victories have been absolutely brilliant. The most recent victory down in Sydney, and he went the quickest time of the night, and he was just awesome that night. Did he surprise you in any way, shape, or form with what he did that night? Um, no, well, we sort of planned, like, if it wasn't wet, we would have turned him loose and, you know, run a quick mile. So it wasn't to be with the with the rain and the sticky track. And, you know, he wears pads on his front feet. And I was told to take them off because otherwise he'll get bogged down on the track. And he sort of did, and he did get stuck a bit on the sticky track. And that probably slowed him up a bit up the straight. But otherwise, um, no, no, he went good, but, like, he can go better as as I said, a dry track would have been perfect, but it wasn't to be. Shannon, he was pushed off the arm there at Menangle, of course, to find the top out of the straight the first time. How do you think he'll be driven here with Leap to Fame on your inside? Well, he's got a lot more gate speed this time in. I showed that in his trial from Barrier 7. So uh, it's it's up to the horse. He's a, he's, a, he's a smart horse who 
he tells you exactly how he's feeling and what he wants to run. So when the gate goes, he'll let Adam know whether he wants to come off the arm or not. But I'm guessing the way he got off in Sydney, he'll probably want to run the arm on Saturday night. What did you make of Leek the Fame with that first up victory? Oh, yeah, it was very good. I mean, like, you know, he ran he ran the quick sectionals. Um, you know, like it takes a good horse to run that as he did, and he did it easy. So, you know, he's the benchmark. You know, he's always the one that everyone goes, oh, I've run a place to leap to fame. And, you know, the, the horse is really good. But, you know, um, he's a he's a hard horse to beat, and now he's got the barrier draw advantage, which makes it even harder. But, uh, you know, as I said, if you're aiming at races like the Eureka, you don't want to be scared of any barrier against any horse. So I guess it is what it is. Mm. You're not shirking away from this battle, are you? You're looking forward to this clash. Oh, I mean, my guy's first up in five weeks, so, you know, you can't exactly say he's 110% race fit, but, you know, it's one of those things. He surprises us. We didn't expect him to, to run 152 in his trial first up in 11 months. So when he ran that, we, we were like, oh, you know, he's obviously come back very good. So, you know, and then he ran that good time in the APG. So, yeah, he's, um, yeah we, we don't know exactly what he can do just yet. He hasn't sort of raced leap to fame before, so I guess we'll see how he goes against him. Shannon, if he happened to find the tops um, speak the truth and leap to fame comes around, would you think Adam would hand up or not? Oh, you just got to see how much work you do. But, you know, like if we had that barrier draw advantage where we were in front, you know, you'd probably say, you know, see how he was travelling as to whether you would or wouldn't hand up, but you would be giving away an advantage if you did hand up to him. So his next start after Saturday night, does he just get primed for the uh, the patrons purse then? Yeah, yeah, he'll go patrons purse. That'll be 13 days later, so that'll be his next run. And, um, yeah, after that he's got the Rising Sun and the um, Hayden after that. Okay. Can he go in the Queensland Sun? Uh, he can, yes. I'd prefer not to because, like, you know, you're running three, four weeks in a row. You know, yeah. I was hoping to get an invite in, but... You know, if you beat Leap to Fame Saturday night, I'd be, <laughs> there'd be somebody that would want to be accountable for not inviting him after that. But, you know, like he's, he's probably, yeah, one of the best four-year-olds in Queensland. So, you know, if they're looking for a, a good Q-bred four-year-old, he's probably your man. But, uh, you know, they they do strange things when they invite horses for the Rising Sun. They, you know, they, they shock a few people. But then again, it turns out to be one of the best races there is. Yeah. Uh, now, tell me, uh, you mentioned the Eureka. Has there been any sort of dialogue with you regarding a, a spot for the Eureka? No, no. Nope, nobody said anything to me about that? him. <laughs> oh, it doesn't really worry me. I mean, I'm always one that says let the horse do the talking. I mean, we can only prepare him the best we can and the driver can drive him the best he can and, you know, the horse, you know, puts his hand up and says what he can. Um, you know, he, he does the talking and we're just we're just the passengers. Okay, well, we'll wait and see. A victory over Leap to Fame will certainly have uh, everyone looking at Speak the Truth for, your, for the Eureka, so we'll wait and see. Uh, another runner on Saturday night that I wanted to ask about, some moments somewhere. Now, he was awesome last week. Uh, first and foremost, were you shocked that he was able to get the, the lead last week at that point of the race? Well, I mean, American Outlaw did take a set the week before, and it's not exactly a brave horse. So if it didn't hand up, we were just going to run it into the ground anyway. So it was probably that first option to hand up to him. And same thing again Saturday night. He's drawn the top of the track, and he'll just push forward and keep going until he can get to the front or to the winning post first, whichever comes. Okay, so you can beat Mac Da Vinci? Um, well, he's going to have to give a start. And, you know, if we're going to start aiming for bigger races with this horse, he needs to beat horses and race horses like that. So... 
it's time for the boys to stand up and show what they can do. Okay, so an important engagement for both horses there on Saturday night, some moment, somewhere, and, of course, speak the truth. Speaking of your uh, big boys stepping up, you took sure thing captain to Reckliffe last night for a trial. You ran into Tardelli, and it was, uh, it was a pretty solid clip in that trial. What were the takeaways from that trial? Yeah, yeah, well, we just, um, we just wanted to make sure he handled the track, and the idea was to do not much early because we're, we're teaching him to race for the sit, which he's done really well in his last few runs and, and up here in his trials, and uh, just let him run the last bit wide on the track to make sure he handled it because, as we all know, it's not the easiest track to get used to. So um, Adam said just put a rainbow on the inside of him, and he's good. He, he, he quite enjoyed the track. Okay, so does that mean that you're going to the derby there on, what, uh, that's June 24? Yes, yes, he'll be nominated for that. Okay, and, and just out of that trial, how much ground do you reckon you peeled off Tardelli in the last bit? Um, oh, oh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get the yardstick out, but I did clock him his last quarter, and he got home in just a tick over twenty-seven. So that's probably pretty good for you know not wanting to do much. But the other thing we did achieve last night was um, we managed to pull the earplugs on him for the first time, and yeah, just to see what he was like, and he took off. So that was good. Okay, so there wasn't any sort of surprise there when you did uh, pop the plugs? No, no, Adam said he, the plugs came out and he sort of said, oh, the plugs are out, and then Adam kissed him up and he said, oh, it's time to go, so off he went. So that was good because, uh, yeah, he's got to learn to race. He hasn't had much racing and he's about to start taking on the big boys, so he needs to learn what to do and he's, yeah, he's, he's a different horse this time and he's a lot more settled. Okay, so you're happy with where he's at right now? Yeah, yeah, he's nominated for Tuesday. As we speak, in a uh, three, no more than three wins pace, so that suits him. And, uh, yeah, hopefully that goes ahead and he'll have his first start there. Well, there's a lot to look forward to over the next couple of days, and that's going to dovetail into the next couple of weeks and months. Here's hoping that everything goes to plan. Appreciate the time today, and we'll see you trackside on Saturday night. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, plans are a good thing to make, but <laughs> carrying them out's another thing. Yeah, Shannon, just before you go, any more news with the, you know, being in contact with Racing Queensland, offering up your thoughts, Re Norwell? Is there any, any concrete news you can provide for us? Nope, I've got absolutely nothing to report. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's still a consultation <laughs> taking place, is there? Uh, I'm not sure what they're doing at the moment, actually. I, I haven't had a meeting since last year. Oh, sorry, a couple of months ago, so... I don't know. I can't. I can't help you there. Sorry. No worries. Thanks, Shannon. No worries. Yeah, Shannon Price joining us there, Chris. Yeah. So uh, a couple of big runners there across the weekend, and uh, you know, just reading between the lines, I think she's uh, looking forward to the challenge of going up against Leap to Fame with her star performer, Speak the Truth. So that's going to be a good contest there on Saturday night. But the main event is the Flashing Red capacity size field. Like I said, very open. Turn it up is the favourite to a tab right now, but he's at. Uh, you know, each way odds. He's around four dollars sixty. Last time he's now four eighty. Hot and treacherous at five dollars. We've got six dollars for Manila Playboy. Is first up. Blacks a dance. The track record holder at seven dollars. And then we've got eight fifty. Pete said so. Nine fifty. Both Colt thirty one and LL Cool J. He's one of the key runners in this race. Hot and treacherous. Jack Butler is his trainer. He joins us now. Jack, appreciate the time. Yeah. Good morning, Chris. What do we make of Hot and Treacherous going into the flashing red for 2023? Uh, no, we're happy. Um, he's sort of heading in the right direction. We don't, obviously, he's not, a, he's not cherry ripe yet. He's not where we want him 100%, but we've got to start somewhere to move forward towards the carnival, and um, I'm sure he'll make his presence felt, that's for sure, um, as long as we can dodge a bit of traffic. 
than that. But, uh, yeah, no, we're really happy where he's at, Chris. Okay. Just first and foremost, with this field, was there any surprise uh, as far as the makeup of the field? Was there something that you were expecting that isn't there or, or vice versa? Um, no, I, I, I think um, make my Memphis and my bloke probably could have been a little bit hard done by being put off the 10, you know, being the band two, sort of. But that's sort of, you know, that's the way it goes. Not much you can do about it. Um, but, yeah, you know. We're there, and uh, I'm sort of a bit happy that I'm drawn off the front of, of the 10 metres and um, out a bit wider. So hopefully we can just dodge a little bit of traffic. But as you say, no, there's not a lot of room to move either. Mm, that's for sure and certain. Now, you had a recent trial with Hot and Treacherous, and you were up against the likes of Leap to Fame and Minola Playboy. So were you expecting Leap to Fame to go to this race uh, following that trial? Um, I wasn't sure. Um you know, uh, he's got a he's got a lot 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 ahead of him. Um, I wasn't sure actually, to be honest. Uh, um, you know, he, he stepped quite well in that trial, and um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. To be honest, I wasn't sure, Chris. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Now, what was the takeaway from from your guy's effort? He ran second. Uh, it was a very fast last half, twenty nine to twenty six six. You got beaten a, a short half head or a half head margin behind Leap to Fame. Were you really happy with what he showed in that trial? Yeah, definitely. I, I thought it was a, a nice trial, and uh, the three of them didn't get a gut buster. They all just sort of went to the line, doing it under their own esteem, and um, um, it was just a nice little hit out. They all stepped well, and um, yeah, I, I just thought it was a really nice trial, and uh, I was really happy with, with my bloke, and um, and I think the other guys would have been with theirs as well. So it worked out really good. Okay, and just on on the way he stepped, uh, he looked very clean. So there's no real cause for concern there, is there? Not at this stage. Um, we, we've had him behind the tapes here at home a few times and he stepped quite well. And uh, uh, that's sort of the reason why I took him into Albion to see how he actually did go. And um, Nathan said he actually stepped quick and then he leaves the mobile. So he was he was really happy with him. And, um, yeah, so going forward, hopefully we can get a clean start and sort of be up in the firing line there somewhere. Yeah, surely this race was such a big field and so much quality. It's going to generate strong tempo. So the faster, the better for your guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's going to be his forte eventually, just following the speed. He seems to be able to follow it really well. And, um, yeah, so hopefully that can happen and, and we're not too far off him and, and out of trouble, of course. Okay. Where do we go next after the flashing red? Um, all going well. He'll go to the Redcliffe Cup. Um, that's sort of the plan at the moment. And then, yeah, just go on from there and just sort of play it by you. He'll tell us if he, can, if he wants to back up or not. But, um you know, he's a horse that doesn't cop a lot of work, so he, he sort of does most of it on the racetrack. So um, he's he's pretty pretty cool to work with. Okay. Do you do you look at a race like the Patron's Purse? It's yeah, it's crossed our mind. I, I'm just gonna get through Saturday night first, and then um, yeah, like we obviously we'll draw probably the worst, but uh, it's definitely on the radar for sure, Chris. Okay. He, he's one of two runners you've got in the flashing red on Saturday night. Targaryen sta- uh, sta- starts in this race as well in the stand. Uh, he's drawn gate two. He's going really well. And he's another one. If he gets that sort of little, um, you know, put away position where he doesn't have to do any work and they're going along at a genuine clip, he could be a real threat late. Definitely. He's flying that little horse. And, um, he had a bit of bad luck last week. He, he stepped and then um, Kylie's horse went sideways and jumped in the gig with Chloe. So we, we sort of had a bit of a mix-up there that sort of made him sort of lose a lot of ground. And, um, but, geez, I thought he was good over the last half. He, he made up a hell of a lot of ground. And, um, 
yeah, I couldn't be happier about the loss, and he certainly also could could you know have the right trip and uh, and a bit of pace on be right there at the finish. Yeah, he's very underrated with his speed, and he can follow a good speed as well. Yeah, definitely, he, he loves that sort of thing, and um, yeah, he's, he's he's going as probably as good as I've ever had him to be honest. All right, well, two really good chances there in the flashing red Targaryen and hot and treacherous. Danger zone last week. No doubt you probably were a little disappointed two starts ago, but you would have been thrilled the way he hit the line last week. Yeah, but we, oh, touch wood, we're winning with him, I think. Um, been a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, when he got caught outside, uh, lead to fame, that was never a luxury, of course, but uh, I think it just knocked the edge off him a little bit as well. And, um, you know, yeah, he carried a flat tie sort of from the top of the straight home and, and what have you, but um, we haven't had a lot of luck with him either with draws and things like that. But you know, he's actually going really well. Um, I, you know, I, I sort of was hoping we could probably have a bit more form on the board before the Hayden and that. But um, look, he's actually going really well, and um, I hope he can sort of show it on Saturday night. He sort of got a nice trial draw there, and hope he's not too far off him and um, just sort of show what he can do. Yeah, if he got the victory, and this is a perfect race for him here on Saturday night, it could do wonders for his confidence. Oh, definitely, mate. And um, I'm sure it'll do him the world of good. And uh, like I said, he, he's, he's actually going a lot better than, than what it looks like. Yeah. Is it a case with him, though, Jack, that this campaign, it's just more about just ripping the Band-Aid off now and, and just letting him sort of showcase his absolute best? I think so. That's where we're at, Chris. And... Um, we just got to, you know, and hopefully he can do that. But uh, I couldn't be happy with him here at home. He, he works terrific. Uh, he looks terrific. Everything's all in order. So, um, yeah, I, I hope he can just show that on Saturday night. All right. Well, fingers crossed there. And the other run I, want, I wanted to ask about, in the trot, funny face comes across from New Zealand. She's a good mare. She's got a great record. Seven from 23 comes across from the stables of Graham Rogerson. You haven't trialled her. What are you expecting fresh up here? Yeah, I, I, I got a lot of time for this one. Um, you know, she works every bit as good as Adele does here, so if she can go go there and do what she's been doing, I'm sure she'll be right in it, that's for sure. Um she's uh yeah, trotters can let you down pretty bad as you know, but um she seems pretty pretty safe. Um you know, she doesn't miss a stride here at home and uh, and working terrific. So yeah, I'm expecting a pretty forward showing to be honest. Okay, so uh, drawing the front row there over the short trip. If she bounces in front, uh, she'll give him plenty to catch by the sound of it. Oh, I'm sure she will, yeah. You know, like uh, as a trotter, as we know, <laughs> we've got to make sure we step first. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think if she got out in front and free wheeled, uh, she'd take some stitching. The fact that you've put her in the same breath as uh, Adele, I think, speaks volumes for the way she's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've um, got a lot of time for her and... Um, but she's got to go there and do what Adele has too. So, uh, yeah. But like I said, I couldn't be happy with her. All right. Adele just keeps on keeping on. You've got her absolutely cherry ripe at the moment. Yeah, and I'm hoping I can um, keep her that way for sure. She's, she's really loving life at the moment. And, uh, yeah, we had a, oh, one, a couple of staff together. We had a bit of a mishap, but, um, which, which she can do. She's done it a whole life. But, um, yeah, she's... She's really on top of the game at the moment. Hopefully I can keep her like that through the carnival and, and you know, going into the inners later in the year. Yeah, well, I'm sure you will. Hey, uh, really appreciate the time this morning. Best of luck on Saturday night. The team's going really well. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Really appreciate it.
There's Jack Butler joining us. Uh, he was the uh, the state's leading trainer last year, and uh, he's got some key runners there on Saturday night. Uh, Gary and Hot and Treacherous in the flashing red. That trotting mare fresh up, funny face. She'll create plenty of interest there. And Danger Zone finds a very winnable race there in his last two. Uh, he's been a runner-up, but last start really hit the line strongly, so a lot to look forward to. We'll keep focusing on the flashing red. One of the other key runners in this race on Saturday night is Manila Playboy. Proven Group 1 horse, 15 from 35, earnings just shy of $300,000. We spoke with Shane Fraser last week, but I wanted to get the thoughts of his driver, Angus Garrard, and he's been kind enough to join us this morning. Angus, appreciate the time. No worries. Thanks for having me, Chris. What are you thinking going into the flashing red on Saturday night with Manila Playboy? Oh, you know, it's a super tough race and a really solid field, but uh, we couldn't be happy with our guy. I know that. Okay, the uh, the handicap. Everyone's got a thought on the on the handicaps. Ten meters. Did you think that was fair? How did you see it? Yeah, I'm not too worried about it to be honest. Um, you know, it, it, ten meters over twenty six hundred. You know, it's probably not really that far. If you draw seven over a mile, you probably end up further back than that anyway. So, um, you know, and as you said, everyone's got an opinion on it. And, I suppose it's a little bit of a tricky job working out where to place some of these really good horses that are normally fairly even, but um, I certainly didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, okay. Now, his first up, we haven't seen him since late February. You go into a feature race, a stand start, and it's 2,600 metres. Most would say this is crazy sort of stuff, but we saw it last week. It's, it's achievable, it's doable, because Big Wheels Fresh Up was able to score at 2,600 metres. So does that give you more confidence? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, these top grade horses, you know, they're, they're normally pretty cherry ripe going into their runs anyway and um, probably just got to drive them accordingly, you know. Um, Saturday night's not the grand final, so um, main object- objective is just to do everything right and make sure we're hitting the line good this week. Okay, he's had three trials in, in readiness for his return on Saturday night. Uh, that trial two starts ago didn't really prove anything uh, except for the fact that he's just got any amount of speed, 26-2, and he looks so comfortable running through the line. That stand-start trial where you're up against Leap to Fame and Hot and Treacherous, what did you take away from that most recent trial? Yeah, he was super, Chris. Um, I am, first of all, really happy with the way he stepped. He, he got away super, and I never asked him to step away either. I just sort of let him come away, and he mustered really quick, sort of got three quarters on hot and treacherous before the post there so um really happy with that and yeah super happy with the way he finished off you know never asked him just popping back to the sprint lane mainly because i don't think he's ever been there before so um just to give him a look at that really and just let him coast to the line and i'm sure if i asked him he would have really let down and um probably gone past him so i was really happy with him yeah, Jack said it was a really nice piece of work to see those three quality horses just going about their business and, and, and just running through the line. So he said it was really pleasing in that aspect. So after Saturday night, uh, do you know if Shane's looking at the patron's purse or is it just the Reckless Cup or is he looking at both? Uh, I don't think anything rock solid yet. You know, um, he is defending champion for the patron's purse. So um, I'm sure that's an option but in saying that I think that's definitely going to be the strongest edition ever this year you know 
I think last year probably was, and this year looks like it's going to be even stronger. So, um, you know, Redcliffe Cup's the big money race, so I'd say that's priority number one, but there's definitely nothing set in stone at the moment. Okay, let me throw this hypothetical one at you. Whether it's Saturday night in the flashing red or in the uh, in the Redcliffe Cup in, in a couple of weeks' time, if Manila Playboy is 3D with cover, is there anything that's going to hold him out? Uh, I, I don't think so, Chris. Um, <laughs> I'm obviously a bit biased, but uh, I really don't think I can think of a horse that's any faster um, that has any more point-to-point speed than him. You know, he's just... When he's on song, he's just phenomenal when you pull him out in that sort of first 100 metres he moves. He can just put lengths on good horses and doesn't really look like he's doing it. Yeah, well, he's super quick. There's no doubt about it. So we look forward to the next couple of weeks with Manila Playboy starting on Saturday night. Two others I just wanted to ask quickly from the, the family stable. Classy Washington starts on Saturday night. He's got another rotten draw, but he is just banging the door down. He is ready to win this guy. Yeah, he certainly is. Keep saying he, every week he's going to win a quality one day, but just don't know how long we're going to wait. <laughs> he just seems to be the most unluckiest horse with barrier draws. He he can draw seven or, or worse more times than not. Yeah, definitely. You know, he, he seems to come up with a bad draw, and if he doesn't come up with a bad draw, he lands the strongest quality we've ever seen. So, <laughs> um, you know, we... In the meantime, he's earning really good money running around in those races. and He's definitely not disgracing himself, so we can't complain too much. OK, and the other one that I wanted to ask about, the Vicar of Dibley. You produced this filly last week. She starts tomorrow night in the first race, and she's going to give you practice for Saturday night for uh, Classy Washington. She's got gate seven as well. But she was really impressive last week, in defeat running second behind Mose London in super fast time. Yeah, she was super, Chris. Um, couldn't have been more happy with her. Um, you know, really strong time, really good last half, and she had to do all the work and definitely try the hardest for the line. So um, really pleased. She'll definitely improve off that run. And she'll definitely improve with a better trip too. OK, can we put a circle around her and the Rickliff Oaks coming up in, what, just uh, under a month's time, June 24 now? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, that's what we're hoping. Um, you know, she had that first trial at Redcliffe there and she was good. That was just, um, we did that purposely to sort of make sure she was good around the track and everything. And, uh, you know, yeah, as long as she races well on Friday um, and and we're happy with her leading in, I'm sure that's where she'll head. All right. Well, plenty to look forward to with a, a number of runners there. Hey, Angus, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside later today. No worries at all. Thanks, Chris. Angus Garrard joining us this morning. Coming to the home turn though, Magnificent Storm clear from Betty's Lass and then came the Batmobile and Flying Scotsman. Magnificent Storm nicely clear though from Betty's Lass who's going to hold down second and then came the Batmobile but Magnificent Storm Gallop near the line but has held on to win. Yeah, Gallop near the line. Chris, he won his first 12 in WA and Matty called that horse winning at start number nine in the state and I wonder what was going on there, Matt, when he, when he galloped near the line. Good, good morning to you. Morning to you, Steve. Do I? I don't know whether I've actually called Magnificent Storm. That was you, wasn't it? No, it was Richie. Oh, was it? Oh. I'm pretty sure it was Richie. <laughs> well, there you go. Chris, was that Richie? 
Yeah, that was Richie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I knew no, your voice. I, I think I think uh, I think the only time I've called him was in the um, Bunbury Cup recently. So that was first time I've been able to call him. Anyway, that was interesting that night where he put in a few scrambles near the line there. He's a dollar oh three. Yeah. He just makes a mess of these, doesn't he? Ah, uh, well he should do. Um I think there's a certain level of respect there for him now, so I think Aiden will just run the gate and Sangwariel probably holds them out initially and then um lets him go. So that's just sort of how I, I saw the race and yeah, it looks like he'll just run to the top and have a nice little pipe open before heading across to Queensland. He'll run a nice half there tomorrow night, no question. No, that's right. He's um, he's yeah, he's, he's blistering, and especially on the rail. I look forward to seeing what uh, he'll do because Aiden's been quite happy to really let him slide that last 400 metres. So if he uh, drops down the back in 28 and comes home in high 26s that um, wouldn't surprise me because he's got the he's got the um, revs there to be able to really carve off that brilliant half at the back end of 2500 well Aiden's got the tail up because if it's not magnificent storm it's shockwave he got home in 54-4 last week around GP Maddie, and uh, he just looks so comfortable he's an absolute star shockwave isn't he I love shockwave there's um, just a, a there's something about him. I just I love the way he races. I love uh, how he goes about it. He's a bulldog. He hates losing. He's just uh, he's just got this level. It's just it's great to see that that winning, uh, the will to win in horses is just you don't see it in too many horses. They just go around and they'll do what they need to do, but. He's just got this will to win. He just loves it, thrives on it, and so does Aiden. So uh, they're a match made in heaven. And yeah, 54-4 last week, and he won with the plugs in again, and uh, went to the line. He pricked his ears at the line, like he just he knows he's a rock star. That horse, he um, he's got that star quality, and he knows he's good. Yeah, no question. Speaking of rock stars, that performance of Never Ending last week, uh, heart in the mouth type material there. If you took the short odds about him, uh, probably didn't have any right to win at the 400, but up he uh, up he got, and uh, you know he keeps that unbeaten record intact. But he's a star as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like you hear, uh, Millwood Nike in New Zealand's undefeated, and she's uh, been unbelievable in her victories and never endings nine from nine in WA. So there's a lot to look forward to in. Uh, uh, the future of the sport when you have horses like that that can be able to put long sequences of wins together and um, never ending that was that was a really good win he needed to um, he'd been handed a few and a lot of things had gone his way just because people knew how good he was but for him to be able to win that being last at the bell around an 800 metre track and being right off the track uh, that was uh, something special so you don't see it very often and another horse with a great will to win it was the first time this prep that junior pulled the plugs and when he did he knew it was time to go and uh, the horse really responded beautifully and yeah just arrived it was just centimeter perfect as dennis Cometti would say don't know if your brother will talk to me again i sent a text didn't realize at the time when i sent it i i, I just typed wtf with a question mark. <laughs> Did he respond? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> What's she up to? Do you know um, Wonderful to Fly? No, I've no idea. Um, I think I saw Shane fleetingly on Monday 
and spoke to him about the meeting that was ahead. Actually, we were discussing there was a horse that won on Monday at 140 to 1 that we both lost the trial of a few weeks ago and we didn't have anything on it. So we were both giving each other a bit of a slap across the face. But, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of the last time I've spoken to him. I haven't um, really spoken to him about the mayor um, yeah, since last Thursday. No discussions about her. I try not to talk to him about it because he's... Um, he gets very protective of her. Mm. It's like, um, I don't think she has a stable. I think he actually tucks her into bed every night. Yeah, fair enough. So how do I, I did feel- ask the question, um, given the news about Merlin, he comes out. So there's two three-year-old invites uh, up the grabs for the rising sun. And I did pose the question to both Justin and Junior about never ending, and they were both um, pretty much a firm no. They just said, uh, no, never been part of his program, so not even going to entertain it, so there's no chance um, he's headed this way? No, and Justin's really, um, he's a great programmer of horses and, like, he's a a brilliant uh, conditioner of horses, as we know, but he just, he programs them so perfectly and, yeah, that's basically it. He's, it's it's something that no doubt they probably look at in 12 months' time, but at this stage with everything over here and, uh, there's some big races to, for him to compete in. The money is just too good here in WA for him to sort of go out and try and prove himself because uh, with flights home and everything like that and the same problem that we're probably having, having with Shane, it just uh, it gets logistically a bit tricky. Yeah, spot on. He said 12 months, we'll talk, but uh, he said right now it's not part of his program, so... Anyway, that's that. Sorry, Steve, I cut you off there. I was just wondering, you, you liked that horse's trial at 100s and so did your brother. So why did so many people miss it? Why did uh, well, it, it, it had two starts um, since that trial and it uh, galloped one of the times. It had never competed in a race where it uh, had actually completed the race without galloping. And then it trialled really good at Northern. And I saw the trial and was like, gee, that was a really good trial and that's one to follow. And then it went to Calabara and then it got knocked over. And then it went to Pinjar and it was involved in a race that another horse of Justin Prentice's was in, Rolling Fire. And it just, um, it basically just couldn't get into the hunt. So, and paced a little bit roughly. But um, this time, Shannon was back on it after he drove it in the trial and he drove it again on Monday. And it was a great drive by him and it was a dollar oh two favourite in the race. So uh, he was able to duck and weave and got back to the sprint lane late and got, got in by about a neck. So it was a good drive. Okay, well, we need to find a winner for tomorrow night. Ten races, nine when you take out Magnificent Storms race. So what are we looking at? Where do we find your best? Race one, number one, Rockmeister. Uh, I think it will lead and win. Uh, pretty simple stuff. Um, not sure whether it will be too short in the market, but I'm, I'm marking him as my best. And if uh, he's too short and you're looking for something to double it up with, I think race five, number two, uh, Ashani Girl, looks a really good winning chance. She's come back really nicely. Um, a sister to while they pray, and she's uh, two from two since returning after a slashing trial at Pinjarra. So... They're the two, race five, uh, race five, number two, and race one, number one. Okay, nice and easy there. One by one, Rockmeister, and race five, number two, Ashani Girl. Hey, Matty, as always, appreciate the time. Look forward to the chat again next week.
Cheers, guys. Hopefully you get a response from Shane, Steve. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. Matty Young, that horse, by the way, that uh, Matty was referring to as True Aristocat. Uh, cra- True Aristocat. Chris uh, started eight, officially $91, beat the $1.07 Sweet Lucifer. That was uh, Gary Hall Jr.'s drive for Michael Young there on Monday.